live in front of a studio audience. It's Matt Jarvis. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Dice Breaker Podcast. We were doing that because of the advert, but I still like that it's it's now just become a thing. Yeah, um, I like it. Yeah, welcome. It's the it's the podcast. We're back again for another week. Uh, I'm Matt Jarvis. I am we've joined, survived of course, another week. <laughs> by we've we've done it, folks. Congrats. Yeah. Um, honestly, every week is a gift, uh, given the last few years. But we are here. Uh, I am here, rather, with uh, the two the two members of the Dosebreaker team, known as Alex, but you know them better as Lolies. Hello. Hi. How you doing? Good. I'm so glad that this podcast is tech issue free. I can't believe um, it. Yeah. I know. <laughs> it's been 70 weeks, and we've not had a single tech issue. Like, Never a single the, tech issue. What the chances I don't well know. this is just like a gaslighting on a like gaslighting <laughs> the podcast now just like no yeah no that never that never happened we weren't muted for the first five minutes of this anyway uh alex Meehan also joining us hello how are you <laughs> hey answering lowlies is cool as a fellow <laughs> alex yeah um that's yeah. what we do we just yeah. walk around the streets and just go hey uh yeah, I I'm also really glad that we've never had a single technical difficulty ever. Not a one. Mm. Not a one. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> Great stuff. That's welcome to the blessed podcast. Uh, mm. We're here as as always to chat about. I mean, we say chat about board games. We'll chat about a load of other stuff first, um, but we'll eventually week... get onto the topic of board games and tabletop RPGs via other yeah. topics. Last week was especially uh, yeah, well, of, I don't... Uh, the, the, the definition of a tabletop gaming podcast was very loosely interpreted. In there that. was <laughs> something in the air, and that something was discussion of Mumbo Number no. Five and Bob the Builder. That discussion yeah. was Scat nice. Mantle. It was. It was <laughs> a very nice podcast. But you know what they say about seventy? It's one more than nice. I thought you were going to say, you know, what they say about seventy? It's the new thirty or something. Oh sure, yeah. You know, like age. Sort of. Oh, you know, yeah. I didn't, I've heard <laughs> yeah. Of it. You know, yeah. age. Yeah. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm, I'm very consciously aware of age, unfortunately. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, I mean, I heard that you didn't. I, I think you were just so distracted by the nice number last week that you didn't even do the bingo call. Hmm. Well, you know, we like to save it for you, Lolis. All I right. Think the bingo call Are you going to hit us with a double be... whammy? Yeah, I think the bingo call should be nice because you know it's it's what it it's the truth. But mm. um, the actual bingo call for sixty nine is anyway up. I mean, which is also nice. Kind of applies, yeah. No, that's yeah. pretty nice. That's an innuendo yeah. right there. Um, yeah, because this call explains how the number sixty nine looks the same way upside down, um, mm. as does the other. Anyway, and number seventy, which is this week's episode, is. Three score and ten, because Bingo loves maths. So, All right. I'm very Great. Yeah, no, that's just, I wonder yeah. if that's just because of my lack of maths knowledge. Well, score is right. 20, so three oh, right. score is three times yeah. 20, and then like plus the, 10. Yeah, the Gettysburg Address, right? Or the Lincoln speech. I don't, Never mind. I All right. Don't, that, I didn't know that was one for our American school. audience. <laughs> I didn't know that score was a thing, really. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I do. There well, you go. When, you, when you grew up in the fifties, like me, you'll you'll know that kind mm. of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, entertaining and educational. Yeah, that's this us. Podcast has everything. Mm. I would say that, like on on the topic of uh, informing, uh, here's a little tidbit that I I can't remember who tweeted this. So thank you to whoever tweeted this. But 
I learned why pound is in the weight and pound is in the currency, the mm -hmm. sterling. Um, A, have completely different symbols, and B, why pound abbreviates to LB. Because uh, yeah, I believe it was like the Roman Libra, which was like a form of measurement. Um, so that got shortened to LB, but then pound remain like pound became the the measurement of weight, and the um, like the pound symbol with the the line across it. The line across it means abbreviation, but that I think is like the Roman script for Libra. So it both tie back to the same point. I've done a bad job of explaining that, but it's it was an interesting thing. I'd never thought about it. But there we go. Now we're the allusionist, uh, which is a good podcast about words. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, Lolis, Boring! <laughs> I don't think you've, uh, you went on the podcast last week, right? So uh, let's, let's kick off with you. So okay. what, what have you been up to lately? I Tell don't know if you've looked at the dark map, but I have a very long list. It's very, very long. Have you looked at the dock? It's very oh, long. Oh, it is it is very long. Okay, <laughs> yeah. All right, been let's to, dive in. I've been to two board game cafes, but also have played some games at home in the last since the last time I was on the podcast. So um right. I've played I'll I'll go through the ones that I'm probably not gonna go into too much detail first and then get into the like more meaty ones in the later part. Yeah, yeah. So, Give us the appetizer and then we yeah. can go on to the main course. The appetizer. <laughs> Yeah, the appetizer. <laughs> Just a little little mouthful. Uh, Valley of the Vikings, which is a game that we covered on Dice Breakery 4. I believe we did a mm. Today We Played when we went to one of the Paxes. Mm. Uh, Johnny Wills and myself played it. And it's uh, like a kind of a kid's game which involves you being Vikings and you've got this bat and you got a bowl, a ball through um, kegs. And when you knock over different colored kegs, those characters get to move along a pontoon. And when somebody falls off the pontoon, you score points. Um, it's very simple, kind of fun. So that was one of them. Just, yeah, I, I just believe, rush over that. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a Kinderspiel des Jahres winner. Kinderspiel yeah. des Jahres. I remember, I remember you playing it uh, mm -hmm. at PAX. Mm. Yeah, it was well, really say, good. Mm. You say pontoon, not poutine. Yes. Okay, well... Isn't poutine like a food dish? And yes, yeah, it's yeah. a Canadian food yeah. dish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't it's know a what a very different thing. Is. Don't float oh. a poutine in water. A pontoon is like a long thing of wood that stretches out into water that, like, boats would, like, moor on. And... Oh, now I know what that is. Yeah. Goodness me, I'm learning so much right now. <laughs> what is this? What the is educational this Dicebreaker podcast. I know. This is the most educational episode yet. Uh, right, anyway, so that's one. I was trying to brush over that real quick, but that didn't really work. I you played know how this podcast goes. <laughs> King of Tokyo, uh, which I haven't played in ages because it's one of those games that like nobody seems to like. Um, but I quite <laughs> like it. So there's that. <laughs> and I played Herd Mentality, a big potato game. Um, obviously, disclo disclosure, disclosure, dis, dis, what's the word I'm looking for, Matt? Disclaimer. Disclaimer, thank you. Uh, I used to work for, work for Big Potato, but I played some Herd Mentality with some friends at Ooh. Chance Encounters in Bristol. Um, and that was good fun. Uh, and it, we, I actually did like um, a post on my social media afterwards because uh, there was four of us playing and we all obviously had like our own answer sheet. So the whole game is like a question comes up 
and people answer it and the whole point is that you're trying to answer it the same as everyone else and if you are like the only person who answers it differently you get this like pink cow and um so yeah so it's essentially just like writing a lot of answers on on a little sheet and at oh. the end of the game we realized that like there was like four very different styles of writing answers onto a sheet there was it went from like left to right um the guy who like numbered each one and had like just really neat handwriting and each one was numbered and there was it was just very neat. Uh, the next one was a similar one, very neat, not numbered, but it had like a single cross going through the answers once we'd kind of mm. gone over that. The third one was me, which was um in in a line, like from top to bottom answered, not numbered or anything. But once we did the answer, I scribbled through it and then did like put it into brackets, just how I do it. And then the final one, which everyone was like, what the hell is wrong with this person? <laughs> the final one was like, they hadn't, they just writ wrote the answer like anywhere on the, on the paper and then like did a like crazy scribble when they were done with it. And it was just like, go trying to see what the answers were. It was like one answer was right in the middle of the page and the next answer was a book and then the next answer was like right at the bottom and it just was a bit manic looking. So um, yeah, that was quite funny when we realized at the end that we are four very different personalities yeah <laughs> i feel like you know you like the classic D, D morality thing where it's like lawful good chaotic. yes like yeah when people plot like very mundane things onto that yeah that's that, I, like, I, it was literally chaotic evil was that last one and i think like lawful good was like the first one and we were kind of somewhere in between that um yeah so that that was fun um i also played hint there which i'd never even heard of before and it's um it's a team game where you, uh, one of you has like an, a little card and on the other side it will kind of give your teammates like a hint as to what you're doing. So it might say like double Dutch and then you kind of know that the answers are about Dutch things. So um, and then there's like a number of answers and th that you're trying to either mime, draw, uh, talk or hum. Um, depending on like the topic so I think the Dutch one was like a mime one so you had to mime Gouda uh, wow. like a bunch of uh, Van Gogh I think was one of them um, and then there's like one forbidden answer which in this case was Rembrandt which is like ridiculous really really stupid who's ever gonna guess Rembrandt um, especially if you're not like actively miming him um, anyway so then you get points obviously on how many you get correct after like a minute and a half but then the other team, once you're done, are able to guess, have a guess at one of the ones that you haven't done on your um, card. And they get a point if they guess it right, but they lose two points if they guess it wrong. And if they get the forbidden answer, they get two points. So it's like, it's quite, I don't know, it's quite interesting little like team game like that. And um, there was like a wheel in the middle where uh, essentially you choose a card from there. And you can gain bonus points if it's at a certain point point on the wheel. And there's a round later on as well where the other team actually chooses the card for you. Um, and there's a there's a space as well which when the card if the card comes around to that space, um, and it's your turn, you have to do it. It's like a mandatory space. So like if there's a card that nobody wants to do, eventually it will come to the point where like one of the teams teams has to do it because it's on the mandatory space. So. That's that's fun hint. I have to say, I, I think it's quite an old game. It's like twenty. I was gonna say, is it like the old? Something. Yeah, it's hmm. it's. I think it's like I remember looking it up on like Board Game um, Geek afterwards and being really surprised that it's been around for ages. I just never heard of it. 
Um, so I played that, then I played uh, King Domino Duel, which is a two-player version of King Domino, and it's like a rolling, right? That's good. I, yeah, I think I have played that in the office. Me and did we play that? Or did I play it with wheels or so? Or maybe you, like you no. know these, but because I, I love King Domino, but mm. it's yeah, the roll and write. I just remember being a bit like, eh, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> found it a bit like a lot because obviously you're, you're dealing. So in this roll and write, you uh, roll dice and they have different crests on them. And then you have to like draw these crests into your like kingdom and you're trying to connect crests to each other. And sometimes they have royals who live in a certain domain, which are marked by X's. And it was a lot because it was like, I don't know. It's it's like unlike a number where you know like one two three. You know like Quinto mm. for example where you, it's just numerical. It just like it was like quite a lot to try and figure out. Also, um, it, essentially you treat them like a dominoes. So there's there's four dice, and the first player, the player who rolled the dice, gets to choose the first one. The second player gets to choose two, and then the first player gets to choose the well just takes the last one and the two dice that you take the crest you treat them as a domino and that's how you have to place them onto your sheet so you have to place them next to each other in some kind of formation but then also you're trying to place them on the sheet so that they connect to existing crests of the same symbol um so it was like i think for the first game there was quite a lot to like remember um and keep track of but i did really like it but i just really like rolling rights in general so mm. Can't really go wrong there. Yeah, I in fact I can't think of because Roland Wright's everywhere nowadays. But I can't yeah. think of another Roland Wright like you. You probably know you more than I do, but another one that does like uses the dice as dominoes like that. No, yeah, I don't think. I think obviously because it's King Domino, that's why they've done that. I think. Um, I don't. I yeah. I don't. I don't think I've played another game that works like that because I it it was quite lucky actually because my first few turns I kept forgetting that was a thing, but I just happened to be placing them like dominoes anyway. Um, like beside each other because I, I think we were three or four turns in and I was like oh I've been forgetting to that, that I have to keep them beside each other I can't just split them up and I looked at my sheet and I realized I had thankfully done it so I hadn't cheated but um, yeah if like I just kept forgetting it was just like it's so easy to forget like yeah because usually in rolling rights you can just kind of place things wherever mm. um, yeah so I played that that was good played uh, Love Letter Infinity Gauntlet, which is a Marvel uh, version of Love Letter. I have to say it's not great. Um, are you... Wait, let's back up here. Right. So, uh, so, I suspect that the story behind this particular game is you're trying to get an Infinity Gauntlet, right? But I want the story to be you're trying to get the love of Thanos, right? That's what we want it to be, right? <laughs> You're passing him love letters. It's still yeah. called love letter. It is. And it's kind of weird that it is because it's very far removed from original love letter. Like, I've played a bunch of love letter, um, you know, like, uh, versions. Like, I've played the Hobbit one and I've played the Batman one. I've played the Archer one. I think I've played another one as well. And they're usually fairly true to Love Letter. They just can't change some of the mechanics to kind of work with the theme. In this case, it's almost like an entirely different game, but it's just branded as Love Letter. And it's it feels very weird because, like, essentially, in this version, uh, one of you plays as Thanos and you have your own deck of cards and the rest of you play as the heroes and you uh, share a deck of cards. And you, as heroes, are battling against Thanos 
And there's health, so there's a card as well that tracks the health between the heroes and Thanos. And as Thanos, you have you can either win by um by oh by killing the heroes by getting their health down to a certain point, or by collecting all of the infinity stones and then clicking your finger. Um and then the heroes can only win by killing Thanos. And it's like quite weird because on like Love Letter, for example, there's no um, elimination from the game. So if if like I was to guess your card in normal Love Letter, you would be out of the round. If I guess your card, you take a damage, but you're still in the game. Oh, and okay. So the cards like they're similar to Love Letter, but like you say, instead of elimination, it's just health. But it's like kind of because that's they're, weird. they're but they're not even that similar. Like I think the guard card is kind of like the one is the, you can guess the person's card. There's um another card that lets you uh, like where the highest value or the lowest value is out which is kind of similar to love letter but other than that the cards are pretty much different like there's also like power tokens where because you fight in this so like the three lets you i think the three lets you fight which is just comparing cards but you can use a power token to boost yourself it's just completely different from original love letter and i find it like weird that they've it it just doesn't really fit in with the rest of the kind of like love letter um versions that they've made i think and it's i don't think it's that great i have to say i'm i'm quite disappointed by it because i've enjoyed pretty much every other version there's before. some like vague there's some vague mechanic connections there very like, very vague compare, yeah compare cards and call out certain cards and stuff but obviously they wanted the best of both worlds they wanted that hot Marvel license that everyone's talking about. And they wanted the Love Letter brand because Love Letter is like a relatively well-known tabletop series, at least comparatively. Mm. So they were like, let's smash these two things together and try and make it work. And they could have made it work by going with my idea. <laughs> let's rewrite the narrative here and let's make alternative Thanos universe a, yeah, yeah. A, a, a romantic interest and like iron man to um, be fair America. If we could if you set this like not even an alternative universe but in a like earlier timeline and the whole point is that you're trying to like get thanos to fall in love with you so that yeah. he doesn't turn into this crazy yeah. like maniac who's trying to destroy yeah. the world like if thanos had found love maybe he yeah. wouldn't have tried to destroy the world mm. and i think yeah. that actually would make sense in the in the marvel universe but they just would have had to set it at an earlier time where mm. thanos wasn't um wasn't already thanos you know of of yeah. the way we know thanos but Thanos at a time when he was, he was you know, young and open to love, to love. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. romancing the Infinity Stone. That's the. <laughs> oh, whoa, Matt Jarvis. What a callback. Um, yeah, no, I. this is my pitch to Marvel. Number one, stop being cowards about romance and sex and put it in the films, you cowards. <laughs> and number two, <laughs> make Thanos make this game remake it and make Thanos like the the person you want to get the love letters to mm. i'd play it oh um there's a message in chat saying in the comics thanos is doing all of this to impress a woman so he is deaf they took that out of the film because they probably thought it was stupid and it's a bit stupid because <laughs> they personify death as a hot woman that he wants <laughs> he's basically a simp 
for this woman who's like, I'm deaf. And he's like, well, what what will you like? And then she's like, well, I want you to kill a lot of people because I'm deaf. And then he's like, okay, I'll kill half of the universe for you. Will that be enough? And then presumably she's like, yeah, I'm into it. So then they they removed it for the films because they were like, that's kind of stupid. And it is kind of stupid. I like my idea more. I like our idea. Yeah, I think, yeah. Me too. Yeah, yeah. Nice. No, Young yeah, so, teenage Thanos, you know, yeah. just wanting to to fall in love and start a family yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I played some other things as well. I played two more games. I'll just, <laughs> you know, we're getting there. We're getting to the end. We're getting through. Yeah. I played Era, which is also a roll and write kind of thing. It's a roll and build technically. Yeah, I remember um, that. Yeah, which I love. I love it so much. Um. It's, I just, it's just, again, I love Roland Wrights and it's the same kind of cup of tea, but it's like having Lego pieces at the same time. It's just like, oh, it's great. It's Roland Wright yeah. and Lego and I love it. And I love it. So, yeah. and it's puzzle. Oh, I just love it. I just love it. I, I don't even have anything to say about it really, except for that I really like it. And I, I think it's, I think it's a, um, in like a, it doesn't really get the hype it deserves, I think. I think Era should, like, be more loved in the board game world. But I never hear anyone talking about Era. And it's a really good yeah. game. Yeah. It's not... It's the only reason I know about it is because it was one of the games that we demoed at EGX way mm-hmm. back when. Mm-hmm. It was one of the that first games the on the channel, I think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I thought... I will say, Roland Wrights are not really my cup of tea for the most part. They don't really itch... Like, scratch an itch that I have because I'm not hugely into like games where games that kind of operate like that, you know, like where you have to find the perfect place to put these results or numbers or whatever. My brain doesn't really work that well with those sort of games, but I was impressed by the kind of concept behind era and the little, yeah, they look more like mega blocks pieces. If Mm. anyone knows what the hell mega blocks is like a, It's like a budget version of Lego, like yeah. it, more modern version, yeah. I think, as well. Yeah, if your if your parents couldn't afford to buy you Lego, they bought you Mega Blocks. Um, so that's what I what Matt Jarvis. Oh well, I just feel like shade thrown on Mega Blocks. Mega Blocks are fine. They're just big I'm Lego. Right? Shade, mate. I had Mega Blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I think didn't they do like Halo Mega Blocks at some point? They got there were like odd licenses going into Mega Blocks. It's like here's here's Mister Halo. Uh, and it's like this is a brand like generally cool. marketed towards like sevens and under. And yeah, it's like that. it's weird to put the Warthog and John Halo in. Like, uh, um, Matt, my favorite video game character is Mr. Halo. Uh, he's great, iconic. It's, he's it's, a... His name is John, isn't it, Master Chief? It's like because that's Master Chief. I think you could have said book, Master Chief. The books is where they reveal that his name is John. It's like yeah, yeah I'd probably I go by course... Master Chief too. I will say that there is a really fantastic video. Oh my god, what's um, that? The guy who left Polygon. I can't remember his name. Um, and David Gilbert. Yeah, he did a video on how he read every single one of the Halo novels, and there's so many of them. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> well, scathing indictments. Yeah, I read a couple of them when I was younger, and because I was into Halo, and they. Even then, it was like, oh, like I didn't really need to know any of this about, yeah, you know, John Halo. 
Uh, Rob says Hon J Lo, I believe. That sounds like a <laughs> Star like, Wars yeah, character. Yeah, that's a Star Wars character. Uh, Lolis, what else did you play? What's the last game? The last game is I finally played an unlock game, uh, and it's a, a Star Wars one. But I played an unlock Whoa! game. <laughs> um, Weird. We were just talking about Star Wars. I know. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's. Um, I have played Exit Games. That was kind of the only escape room like board game I'd played before, and I really, really love Exit Games. Um, they're really fun because, like, you know, I was discussing it with a friend of mine. It's just so nice being able to like, you know, cut and bend and just like, just be quite tactile with it and and use your brain at the same time. And I I, I really like that. And unlock games have never really. I I'm one of those people who you know I'm not like massively um excited about apps and games i'm sure they're fine but i've never i'm never like oh my god i, I need to try it like i i for me board games the whole point of board games really is like that kind of tactile um element cardboardy element so anyway i played an unlock game which uses which is an escape room game uh, that uses an app and i have to say i was really impressed um obviously it was a star wars theme i'm not that well versed in star wars so like some mm, of the things that probably just went like over my head, but um, the no puzzles. Big deal, ladies. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> the puzzles were like pretty, you know. I mean, it was the it was like a kind of the easiest level you can get this, and it was they were pretty straightforward. And the app was really really clever the way it did things. Like there was bits where you had to um you know tilt your phone and and move it a certain way because you were looking through binoculars, and there was a bit where because uh, it was voice recognition as well. There was one part where it was like, you know, the, the card that uh, we'd read said like, oh, you know, you, you need to call your leader for help. And I opened the app or like we did we press the button on the app and there was just nothing on the screen. And I was like, oh, help. And then the app reacted to me saying help. And Whoa. there was another bit which was even cooler where um it the card told us that one person was to read like the, the kind of rules for this task. And then they had to stop talking and then they had to communicate something to the other player and only the other player could talk. And so I read out the rules and then I was like, right, I have to stop talking now because the app will recognize my voice. And so I had to then communicate something that was on like my card uh, to the other person and they had to look at a different card and like give me the information. But it was really interesting because it was like I knew that the app was going to know if I spoke. Um, so it was, it was really really smart and I have to like I'm really excited to try more unlock games now like more unlock escape room games and I think I'll be more open-minded to apps in board games in general oh wow look a full character arc there I know that's why I left it to last <laughs> <laughs> yeah I would say like I I've played the early unlocks and I played the Star Wars one as well and I when I played the the early ones I was not that impressed they came out i think they came out around the same time as the exit games right it's like they all kind of landed yeah. at once it's and true. like you i found exit really kind of impressive with all the physical kind of stuff you needed to do mm. and i think the unlock games at the time were quite basic in how they used the app but I, my friend has said he played them at the beginning and he said that it was fine but like when i told him about the kind of stuff i was doing and he was like oh it mm. sounds like they're really stepped it up yeah so, yeah so it would be interesting if you play any more. I'd be really interested to know whether they because I've I've kind of played those ones and I played the Star Wars ones, but I haven't played many in the middle. Okay. But whether they they do other things or whether it's the Star Wars like it's that Star Wars money letting them yeah you know put extra mm. bits in 
Maybe. Because the first ones were just kind of like, put in a code, put in a code, put in a code. Oh, really? Oh, like, okay. I don't think there were any mini games. There was no voice recognition, anything like that. It was basically just kind of like a, a virtual padlock for different rooms. But Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think I if, if it was just that, I would have been a bit like, oh. Um, yeah. But yeah, as I say, like it was, it was those kind of little things that made it quite special. Mm. I can't, I personally can't wait for the Unlock Love Letter Marvel Star Wars crossover <laughs> where you have to like, I don't know, take a nice picture to send to Thanos. To Thanos, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then uh, an aubergine pig. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, you have to take a picture of yourself to send to him. Yeah, of a special like a, area yeah. of yourself. <laughs> Unlock. Ah, <laughs> Unlock. More like off. undress, am I right? Whoa, oh, And then, I don't know, to make it Star Wars, there's just a gonk droid. <laughs> More like a bomb droid. Oh, God. It's a parent here. This is me. Out of control. Uh, I will say uh, welcome to our new uh, Dicebreaker member, uh, mm. yes. Ryan Story. Yeah, thanks for joining. Thank you so much. I hope I said your name properly. But all, all those uh, games sounded great, Lolis. Thank you for giving yeah. us a rundown. Just a couple of weeks, knocking them out. Just me. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I love board games. <laughs> what can I say? There's some real chat. There's some real uh, messages going on in the chat at the moment, as you mm. can expect. Mm -hmm. uh, some I'm not going to read out. <laughs> uh, I will say because uh, she popped up earlier. Hello to M. Palo, who yeah. friend of the site and contributor, popped up in the chat and said she'd uh, recently bought Wingspan, which I hope you enjoy. Oh. It's a good game. Excellent game, a fine game. Yeah, some quality eggs game. in that game. <laughs> All right, uh, Alex Meehan. Let's move Hello. over to you. Yes. You well, not nearly as much as Lolis. Um, <laughs> Nobody could possibly. <laughs> no, it's incredibly impressive. You didn't even mention Calico, right? Oh, yeah. I played Calico as well, which is a game involving cats and... What's that called when you make blankets? And... Oh, like quilting. Quilting. quilting? Yes, yeah. cats and quilting. Which are, Aww. it's just the most wholesome theme. Um, mm. It's really beautiful and nice. And I probably would play it again, but it's not necessarily the kind of game I would buy for myself because I can't see myself getting excited about playing it. Like if somebody was to offer and say like, let's play that, I'll be like, okay. But I don't think I would necessarily like bring it to the table getting excited because it's, it's a mind melter. There's like, it's a very sweet theme, but oh my Lord, the game is, there's a lot going on. But that's mm, nice, I've, also. And I'm I've glad I get, finally played it, so... Yeah, I've seen it, like, floating around on various websites and... It's one of things. those games that I think something else... Uh, was it Cat Cafe or something came around, I think, at a similar time? And I remember before that being, like, there wasn't really any good cat-themed board games. And then those two kind of came out, and those seemed to be, like, the good cat-themed yeah. board games. Like, I, I, love, I love cats as well. Yeah, oh, I love yeah. cats too. Yeah, there was like a, yeah, you're right, like a burst of, and Cat Lady, which is a game I like very much. Yeah, I know Cat oh, Lady. Yeah. Well, we have yeah. to get as many cats as possible, which is yeah, why Yeah, you're just adopting do. cats and getting their favourite toys. It's a, it's really good, it's got a really good mobile version as well. So. I had, uh, somebody gifted me before, Here Kitty Kitty, which is, um, I, wow, it was just sort of really raining, uh, which is a game where you, uh, yeah, you're like essentially a cat 
collector and but there's like plastic cats in the middle of a like a, a lawn and you are in a house and you're trying to get cats and lure them into your house that's the whole theme is that you're trying to lure as many cats as you can but you need like to have a certain amount of cat beds and stuff it's quite cute but i think i got rid of it because i was like it's it's also a bit dumb uh, <laughs> well i just feel like that was a tabletop adaptation of my life <laughs> <laughs> just luring in cats yeah stood at the door with a plate of fish uh, yeah. It's worth saying if you if you're a cat fan, or if you know if you're just a fan of uh, the team, uh, we now have yeah. two Meet the Pets videos up as uh, part of the Dice Breaker Plus memberships, uh, which oh. you can sign up for. Um, yeah, I cried from... a little bit watching Wheels as one. It's very oh, sweet, isn't it? Like it's Toto. just Hello, yeah. it's honestly, Toto is honestly one of the sweetest, purest, most adorable creatures I've ever met, and I've only met him once. So sad that I, I I got him to I got to meet him that one time. He's so friendly, and like cats can be a little bit funny with like new people particularly. But Toto is just just wants love. That's all he wants. Mm. Love. Um, don't we all? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I don't have any pets here, but my parents have a lot of pets. So maybe. Yeah, you were listing them off off the other day. It's like, oh wow. Yeah, that is, that's a... a lot of yeah, that's a lot of animals put under got under one roof. But yeah, there's a reason why my parents are stressed so often. <laughs> it's because they basically live in a zoo. <laughs> so uh, maybe I'll do that. When, when yeah. I visit next time. Yeah, well, the the plan is for everyone to to intro their pets at some point. We've got, mm -hmm. like, say, you can meet Honey, uh, which is of course Lily's cat, and you can meet Toto and Rosie. Which and there's cats. there's also two extra cats in my video because I yeah. live oh. with three cats now. Foggy and, and who's Foggy the... and Luna both feature That's as well. It, yeah. They're beautiful. Um, yeah. So there's oh, a cat right now. Right now. They're good. <laughs> they are good. The dice breaker seal of approval goes to Yeah, cats, cats good. We we give a recommendation to cats. Yeah. Um uh, all right. Okay, so what I'm I <laughs> So, uh, I've not done a huge amount this week. Um, I played some patchwork at um, Loaded Bar mm. in Brighton. Speaking oh, of quilting. Yeah. Mm, talking of quilting, the ultimate quilting game, really. Um, yeah, I love that game. I own it. Uh, I bought it like quickly after I played it for the first time because I think you can never have too many two-player games. Uh, they're always great to have around. Uh, I had a great time playing. I lost uh <laughs> playing against someone who'd never played before as well so but i'm not that great at that game but i do enjoy it i like i love the premise i love how straightforward it is but you can really min max that game if you want to but i don't really care for mm. that i just sort of like going with whatever um so yeah i played that earlier this week would recommend good old uve rosenberg mm. He's my fave. Yeah. He is Loli's fave. Um, yes, a fave. Yeah. What, yeah, what a legend. Um, and then I also played, and so did Matt Jarvis. In fact, we played it twice this week, didn't we, Matt Jarvis? Yeah, uh, we've played a Avatar, number of hours now. Yeah. yeah, Avatar Legends, the Avatar Legends RPG, um, which is a, an officially licensed tabletop role-playing game based on Avatar The Last Airbender and Legend of Korra, uh, which is on Kickstarter as we speak. Yeah, I've um, actually, I will get onto it in the news section, but it is now the highest funded tabletop RPG ever on Kickstarter, which is, yeah, it's wild. It's doing, and it's only been up 
two days, I think, as of this point. So it's it's absolutely exploding. Yeah. And that, to be honest, there's a good reason why, besides, you know, it's Avatar, uh, which is pretty popular. Um, like, it's also just really good <laughs> to play. Um, it helps that it's based on Powered by the Apocalypse, which is just a very, like, stream kind of streamlined system that allows for a lot of storytelling, like a narrative kind of progression. Like whenever you play it, the the goal isn't to be I want to do this specific attack or move or whatever. It's more like I want to do this, and that means that I do this move. Like the 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 story comes first before the kind of specific nitty gritty mechanics of it. Um, but it just does a really good job of as someone who is still pretty new to avatar like i'm i'm watching through season three now uh of of avatar i'm still loving it um like it ca- does such a good job of capturing the kind of world and like feeling of avatar and how like that works what do you think mr jarvis yeah no i agree i think it. so we we played the quick start um we played oh. with actually it should it should be up tomorrow uh, as of this recording so if you're watching yeah. live, it should be up tomorrow all things being well um we played with simon um from magpie who was an incredible gm Amazing. Um, and very good at showing off that uh game but yeah it was it was really interesting to see it in motion we've we've previously played root on the channel which is also from magpie also powered by the apocalypse um, yep. i think powered by the apocalypse is probably my favorite rpg system it's, it's just really it's, good yeah it's very satisfying it's just flexible enough without being shallow um but yeah it's i am i think it like like you said like i think it does a really good job of adapting that universe in a way that feels um, yeah it's more than faithful without being yeah overly complex or kind of a bit like hemming you into like oh well you're like an earthbender or firebender or woodbender so you do this one specific thing it's quite like okay you're that but within that you are you you know you're an icon you're an idealist you are like it's it's less about like oh you are this like quote class uh if you compare, yeah. compare it to D and not like, yeah it's more than just window dressing like the, exactly yeah the themes are also communicated through the mechanics themselves so like matt said the fact that just because you're a water vendor for example that doesn't necessarily mean you fit into a very particular art you know type of person or archetype just like in the show like the whole point is that yeah just because you're one from one particular nation doesn't mean that you follow a particular path or you're a you know you're a particular type of person and so the playbooks which matt mentioned there the idealist the icon um the hammer i think there are several others um they're kind of there to provide a rough foundation of who your character is in terms of you know what their maybe what their background is uh what their personality might be like and what their character arc is i think most importantly because there are definitely a lot of elements of the game that are that are built around like this is a show like these are episodes of a show so and the the idea is that your character is meant to grow over this kind of narrative arc 
and there are even mechanics where you mark growth for a specific reason um whether you've overcome a particular you know obstacle in your life that's prevented you from doing something or you've learned a particular lesson you know just like in in avatar or Korra, like these characters don't stay the same they they change and, and learn and uh, as they go and also the, there's a very interesting balance system where depending on what playbook you're using there'll be two sort of opposite ends of this balance spectrum because obviously balance is a huge theme in avatar and Korra. you know if you lose your balance if the world loses its balance then then things aren't right so depending on what playbook you have for example i use the idealist so one side was forgiveness and the other side um, was action and the whole concept is you want to try and find a nice middle ground between those things you know uh because going too far one way you know there are actual negative consequences to that um i found that really interesting as because there are actual like physical mechanics tied in with that where people can shift you off your balance one way or another or you can choose to, to kind of shift yourself in order to perform certain moves um i thought that was really again the mechanics are reflecting the themes of the you know the show and the game and everything so i thought that's great uh, i'm really excited to play more like beyond the quick start rules which is what we used um so we use some of the quick start rules for our playthrough of the channel i believe the gm was using some some newer rules as well because obviously they're still developing it you can get the quick start rule to like rules right now if you want to give them a go but obviously they're not set in stone but i'm looking forward to giving like the full game a go and obviously there's going to be a physical copy that you can get as well as you know um digital pdfs it, i guess it depends whether you want to show off your your rpg book i mean the art is obviously based on the show so that's gorgeous <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'll be particularly interested. I think it's something that a few people have mentioned here and there. How deep they go in the full rulebook in terms of the bending abilities, mm. because it's like Power by the Apocalypse games in general are quite. They give you like a lot of space to play with inside a certain idea. Like I had Monster of the Week campaign going for a while, and they give you kind of like an archetype, but you're not really tied down to yeah, like a lot of hard and fast things, and you actually gain experience quite quickly and gain new skills that way. But with, yeah, particularly with like Avatar and Korra, they're like the bending um, abilities of characters in the show. They are built around like certain styles and certain techniques. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, and who they are. Like, to, and, yeah. yeah, to kind of reflect who they are as a, it's like a reflection of who they are as a person. So like, yeah, yeah like, you know, uh, Katara being like a healer, you know, she's someone who's very compassionate. Whereas mm. like Toph being like a really strong you know, like Earthbender and being like, what's the word? Like yeah. stalwart and and able to her stubbornness like is reflected. And I love the way that at the moment your your style of bending is just determined by you. Like you could you can have it be whatever the hell you want. Like there's not like specific. It's not like you know D and D spells where you cast a fireball or whatever. Like if you're a firebender you could just decide, oh, this is kind of how I 
do my firebending, whether that's like really aggressive uh, or whether, you know, it's a bit more delicate. You can kind of just decide that for yourself. And I mm. love that because yeah. you can build that into your character. You're not restricted by, you know, you, you can only do these kind of things. Yeah, it's like even fighting technique is just you write in an adjective, basically. It's not like a fixed set of moves. Yeah. You're just writing like, okay, my fighting technique is aggressive or flamboyant or defensive. Yeah, or, yeah. whatever um, you think best reflects who your character is. Yeah, um, so yeah, I think it, it's really good. And I'm glad that it is not another D&D &D 5e yeah, thing <laughs> because that's so like... So tired. We've played plenty of D&D &D on the channel. I, we've all played D&D. &D. D&D like, is fine. Some things, to... but it just doesn't need to power every game under the sun. Yeah, uh, just to just to come up front, like Dungeon Dragons Fifth Edition is a is a system that works really well. You know, there's a reason why people like it so much, other than the name recognition. Like, it definitely serves the purpose. But it is nice to see, you know, a name this big be attached to a system that is not Dungeons Dragons. Like, mm. and Powered by the Apocalypse is so good, and I think it works just really well with with this theme in this world and as someone who's really getting into avatar at the moment it's just so exciting to kind of be watching the show and be you know playing this game at the same time um yeah i'm just funny that i slept on it this long because it feels like something i would have eaten up as a kid like absolutely um but yeah there you go and other than that uh i've been playing <laughs> so just a quick mention um because we talk about other stuff apart from the tabletop games here uh, sometimes um i started the mass effect remaster over the weekend um so if it's not obvious i'm a huge fan of mass effect <laughs> I can uh, tell. yeah it's my favorite series of all time mass effect 2 is my favorite game of all time um and I started the first game in the series uh, and they've done so far, I've only played like two hours or something, but they they seem to have done a very good job with cleaning up a bit. Just like, obviously, you can still sense the jank there. I mean, it's a, a game that was made in 2006. That's a long time ago now. <laughs> and it's a game that kind of doesn't know what its identity is, whether it wants to be a shooter or an RPG and Bioware, the company that made it had no, basically no experience making shooters either. So this was their first attempt at it. So you can tell, and it's, it's during that era where, you know, developers were obsessed with cover shooter systems as well. Yeah. The so, cover system. Yeah. Is. <laughs> and it's unforgiving. That game will kick your butt, even like on normal difficulty. So if you're not working well with those systems, then it can be quite frustrating, but still, it still just instantly captures me, like, ensorcels me in, in its kind of wonderment, like that feeling of, they just really capture this feeling of going into this world and meeting these people and the world building is incredible. Like, there's a reason why there's a massive codex that you could just spend hours reading through. Like, this is something that the people cared so much about this world and if there's anything that captures me, it's it's good world building. And that's something that I think the first game in the series really captures, even if it's janky to play sometimes. Like, it definitely has that feeling of wonderment is what I would describe it as. Um, so, yeah, I'm really excited to keep playing that. 
so there you go. That's yeah. my week. Matt Jarvis. Hello, it's me. Um, yeah, other than Avatar Legends, which obviously I've played a good deal of this week now, because we there will be, so to, to give you a little teaser, there will be three episodes that we film for the channel. Um, <gasps> three whole episodes? Oh my God. Weekly from this Saturday, next Saturday, and the Saturday after that. Um, it's a good little arc. I think it might be the, I don't think, maybe it's not the adventure that's in the quick start. I no, can't I don't think it is. I think it's original. We're, we're, we're separately playing that adventure that's included in the quick ah, start yes, at the moment with our yeah. other campaign. <laughs> yes, uh, with the wonderful Chase Carter GMing. Um, but yeah, um, other than that, I have played more Descent, which I spoke about last week. So if you want kind of more of my thoughts on that, I won't hang too long on it here. Uh, I'm playing that for review. We'll have a review up once I finish the campaign because <laughs> I don't want to review it before I finish the campaign because the I think the story is an important part of that game. Uh, we last weekend, so for full uh, transparency, uh, we were given access to a pre-release version of the companion app because Descent Legends of the Dark requires a companion app, uh, which we were using on PC. And over the weekend, we hit a game-breaking bug that forced us uh, we couldn't finish the scenario. Oh, we, no. um, Am I the only one quest. hearing that? Is, oh. is other people hearing that? Nope. Oh, I can't hear you anymore. Okay, All right. carry on. Well, I'm going to keep going. Um, but it, uh, yeah, it basically forced us to start a new campaign, um, and I ended up emailing Fantasy Flight, which is the publisher, and they said that that will be fixed in the released version of the app. Um, I believe that game is out to, as of today, August 6th. Um, but like I say, I haven't finished it yet, so we won't have a review live until I finished right. it because apparently it's 50 hours long. Um, oh. We've played about it's somewhere in the region of 12. We've played quite a lot of that game, but there's a lot of it to go. Um, but I still re really like it. I think the companion app, it's not going to convert anyone who doesn't like companion apps in games. That's just not what it's going to do. But it's a very good companion app driven game. It is very flashy on the tabletop, it's got 3D terrain. The combat is, or like the main kind of mechanics of it, they're pretty familiar. If you played a dungeon crawler in the last 10 years, you'll be right at home. There's some interesting stuff where you can flip over cards to change like your available weapon sets and abilities and stuff like that. But it's not going to blow you away if you've played a dungeon crawler before. But what I think it is, at least so far, like 12 hours in, like however many missions in, what I think it is, is just like a very, very well-presented, very, very polished uh, dungeon crawler. Like, it's it's the Avengers of dungeon crawlers. Like, it's not doing anything new. It is just throwing a lot of money at what it is, making it look very good, making it very flash, like, very polished. Um, whether it's worth the... So, I think the in, a, in the US, it's $170, I think, the RRP is, or MS, MSRP. Mm -hmm. Um which is a lot of money um and that's why i think it's important to get to the end of the campaign to really get a good judge of okay exactly what are you getting for that money like i've seen a few reviews come up so far and i don't like i haven't read them because i wrote my own review but like i would be amazed if anyone has finished the campaign in that amount of time it's 50 hours long so unless you are absolutely booking it through that campaign i just like yeah, I feel like that is the big question mark over this. It's I'm really enjoying my time with it. I think it does the companion app really well. It is visually very impressive. It is mechanically very kind of satisfying and engaging. But actually, there are quite a few games that are visually impressive and mechanically satisfying, and they don't cost 
50 quid upwards mm -hmm. so that's the the big question um and actually because of because of the fact we restarted the campaign um there were randomized elements so we actually sped through the stuff we had played so far so we sped through the 12 hours and we did it in about an hour and a half or so um because we weren't having to set up things we were just doing it on the on the app to to get through for review purposes and actually it was interesting to see the bits that changed. So like events we encountered on the way to missions were entirely different. And the items we ended up with were completely different, even with the same characters. Um, so I think there is actually a good deal of, at least from my experience, a good deal of replayability. If you decide to go through that campaign again, obviously the main missions will be the same, but even making the, the same decisions because we were trying to replicate our own campaign, even making those same, same decisions, we were encountering different events that were popping up as randomized things we were getting different items um so i think that was really interesting in terms of again just making that money go, go yeah. the so but i will i will finish the the main campaign and we will see how much it how much it changes how much it goes for like you know because that's it's still a lot of money that's still like three pound an hour or something mm. um if it's 50 hours so yeah but i'm still still enjoying it i think it's the kind of game that's like you're meant to play it you're meant to buy it as a group like you don't buy it on your own <laughs> Do you yeah that? yeah i mean it, it is like a um I, think I said this last week it is like it's very much an rpg in a box i think more so than something like gloomhaven because gloomhaven is like mechanically crunchy like it is quite a big investment of time to set it up this you build the thing as you go it's relatively smooth you know, like setup time isn't huge because when you load into a chapter, uh, into a mission, that's when you build everything. So it's not like Gloomhaven where you're taking 20 minutes to unpack everything. So I think, yeah, you're right. It, it feels like the kind of game where you want the same group to play each, like it, it replaces your D&D &D night, right? It's like you get together with the same people, you have your kind of characters, you can swap in and out depending on the mission. Some missions require certain characters because they are story events about those characters. But you can swap quite freely among characters. So if you've got a group that is smaller, you can still play all the different characters. You're not stuck with like mm. one character for the whole campaign. It but sounds it's... like it sounds a bit like it sounds like if any if if anyone's played Divinity, the series like Divinity, it sounds like a tabletop <laughs> version of that. Yeah, it's a lot. It's definitely not as. Um, narratively open as divinity like i think that's the big thing with divinity right it's like yeah. you get a lot of freedom in how you approach situations this generally is like like you go into a mission you've got an objective there's typically like one or two ways to do that objective there are some decisions you can make that branch you like different ways down the line but it's not like you are able to completely throw things off its axis like you can't suddenly like turn on npcs or anything like that but i, I think it is divinity like a, is good Divinity's great, yeah. Like <laughs> it, it, it's, it is great, but it's got a lot of problems, in my opinion. It's yeah. very unforgiving. It's very poorly balanced, I think, in terms of difficulty. Um, but I do enjoy it. Like it is good as long as you're not going to get really frustrated with that. I would recommend it. Yeah. Um, um, also, we played about 120 hours, and we're still not finished. <laughs> it's a big game. The big game. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. So, other than other than uh, Avatar mm -hmm. and Descent, 
Uh, those are those are the only kind of board games I've been playing. Outside of that, I've been playing the new Ace Attorney, which I think I mentioned last week. <laughs> but this week, uh, I had forgotten that uh, there there is Sherlock Holmes in that game, but Sherlock Holmes is called Herlock Holmes, <laughs> and it's really dumb, and they just oh, stick with it. That's so good. And also, he's like a bumbling. It's kind of fun the approach they take on it because he he like his destination is correct, so his his deduction is always like on the money. At least so far, like I'm not hugely into this um into the game like a couple of cases um and i won't discuss any spoilers but his deduction is correct but the way he gets there is kind of completely all over the place so one of the mechanics in that game is like you having to be like look you're right but actually this is the reason you're right um which is quite like a funny thing to add into those games where like for those who don't know it's a spin-off of the phoenix Wright games where you are essentially a lawyer battling court cases so you're having to present evidence and to make arguments um but here it's like okay the detective has already figured out what the answer is but you're having to kind of like work backwards from the answer to actually work out why he's correct um it's good fun like the writing is fun in it it looks great like it's it's a good one of those like i am a fan of that series but they've been a bit all over the place at points uh yeah it's great mm. wonderful yeah that that's the, that's about it for me. Shall we move on to a bit of news? Yeah. Uh, some of this we've already covered. So like I said, I think the, the kind of big headline this week is that that Avatar RPG, which we've discussed kind of at length for now, is now the most funded tabletop RPG on Kickstarter. So I think it was at over 3 million the last time I looked. It's only wow. been going like two or three days. Um, I'm just going to get the latest figure. Um, but it's, it's got like a while to run. Yeah. So we love numbers here at oh, Number sorry, Breakers. It, it's on $2.9 million. Wow. But it's okay. got 27 days left to run. It's on almost 25,000 backers, which huge. That's what? <laughs> I will say that um, the, to get to get a physical copy, I do think you have to like pledge, is it 100 quid or something? Uh, I don't know, actually. Uh, because obviously, like, there's uh, fifty dollars for about thirty-six pounds for the core book. Okay. And cover. Okay, so maybe we were. I was thinking about the stretch goal one, but um, mm. yeah, no. Like, I mean, I don't think any of us weren't expecting it to do well. Like, again, it's they. They seem to have marketed it a lot, which is great. Like, they've made people very aware of it from from very early on so they've not just sprung it onto kickstarter and been like hey you can find it somehow mm. um they've been very clever with the marketing campaign and it's avatar like you know avatar is very popular it's still popular enough that it's getting this live action series that nobody wants um you know it was popular enough to get that awful film that nobody mm -hmm. liked so you know there's a there's a big reason why um yeah, it's mega popular. So yeah, but I think the particularly interesting as well. So the the games it un unseated on its way to the top. Um, it overtook the One Ring, the second edition of the One Ring, which is the Lord of the Rings RPG, which I think was funded earlier this year. So this is within a year. We've kind of seen the two biggest standalone tabletop RPG kickstarters. So I think like more than anything, it's just like a good indication of how hot tabletop tabletop rpgs are right now um and so the one ring second edition was the highest funded like standalone game so 
but it was not as highly funded as Strongholds and Followers, which was a D&D 5e supplement, um, which was just a little bit ahead of it, but it's not a standalone game, it's, as it sounds. It's a supplement for D&D 5e, um, but Avatar has overtaken both of them. And I think there's something really interesting in the fact that it's not a D&D 5e thing, because D&D is, you know, it's the thing that everyone yeah. is always on about. Like, it's the thing that attracts all the attention. And actually now... The biggest tabletop RPG on Kickstarter isn't even connected to D&D in any way. Um, so yeah, hopefully there's a, you know, the, the success of this kind of like trickles down to smaller creators who don't have massive licenses, um, but are making games that are powered by the apocalypse or based on entirely different systems. You know, I think one of the things that people always chat about with tabletop RPGs is people play D&D and they know D&D, but how many people actually go from that to discover like indie creators or indie games or new systems outside of that, mm. um, it can be a it can be a big hurdle. Like if you don't know where to start, um, but there's hopefully hopefully that's well, yeah, the thing the that this causes. There's more more kind of trickle down to other creators as well. Yeah, the license makes it accessible. That's mm. that's. Uh, but it would be good to see this as like a tipping off point for for more, you know, successful Kickstarters that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> So uh, now we're gonna. Now my worry is we're gonna start seeing D and D stuff on Kickstarter, like official stuff. That that's something I do not want to happen. It's when like big popular you know, publishers like Wizard of the Coast start using Kickstarter. I uh, just do not want that. No, they. Well, I mean Hasbro, which owns Wizard of the Coast, did their own. Um, was it Hasbro Pulse? Is the name of it? They have their own like crowdfunding thing because they they don't need crowdfunding i'm yeah, used to accept crowdfunded is weird but it's so odd to me that it's just greed i think to be honest i really think it is just corporate it's yeah you don't need that to be crowdfunded like you're a huge company like kickstarter is to me designed to provide like smaller publishers with like something to something to kind of prop them up and do these kind of things like because of the sheer production costs mm -hmm. but like larger companies like Hasbro have no experience like sorry have no excuse doing that to me like it is just yeah. I agree yeah it's just financial you know, like it's the lack of financial risk and like they yeah. know they know it'll do well so like of course they'll do it because like it they'll make their money and they will get it out directly to people and in another reason um, is that they then don't have to pay like distributors a lot of the time or retailers because they just go direct to consumers and they take the full cut, mm. which, yeah, is like you say, it just is it's money into the pockets of big companies that already have plenty of money a lot of the time. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, down with that sort of thing. Um, yeah, what other news have we got? Uh, Mr. What Jones other news indeed? Uh, well, the other one I pulled, speaking of smaller uh, indie RPG creators, so there is an award called the Diana Jones Award, um, which I think quite a few folks probably won't be familiar with. It's kind of like a small, smallish, like, I guess, cult award in some ways. It's been running for a number of years, but it's it kind of flies under the radar, and it's very much a, like, it's a bit of a loosey-goosey kind of, it doesn't have a fixed... Um, it's not like it just awards games or it awards designers. They they call it the Diana Jones Award for Excellence in Gaming. So sometimes the nominations are individuals. So I think uh, Eric Lang is a former winner, the designer of uh, like Blood Rage and Ankh and stuff like that. Sometimes it is games. So I believe 
um gosh i hope i'm not misremembering but i believe harlem unbound um by chris uh yeah Spidey you're right one it was at least nominated so again and sometimes it can be concepts so a few years ago actual play was nominated um for kind of like how it had brought people into tabletop rpgs with things like critical role so it mm. is a it's a very curious award it is named if anyone is wondering who diana jones is uh they don't exist so uh, the award is a perspex pyramid that has the last copy of the Indiana Jones RPG, uh, which was a kind of infamous failure um, back in the 80s, I think. Uh, and it's a burned copy and it is a scrap that just says Diana Jones from Indiana Jones. And that is why it's named after that. I believe it was published by TSR, the, the former publisher of D&D, but it was like a, a massive flop. <laughs> Um, so that's yeah, so that's very odd. That's very what's happening like, um, right now. Am I yeah, having a that's... fever dream? Yeah, it's yeah. like I say, it's a very cult award. But I think the thing that is good about that Diana Jones award is that it goes beyond. Like I say, it's there are board game awards like the Spiel des Jahres, like there are RPG awards like the Ennies. This is kind of more of a broader award for the hobby as a whole. Yeah. So again, it, it kind of picks out things that might go completely missed in. Yeah, they rarely give it to, to like a big like the spill this Yara's usually you expect it to go to a big a game from a big publisher that's <clears> relatively <throat> or relatively well known publisher. Yeah. Whereas I feel like this award is deliberately designed to go to yeah, like you said, people or creators or ideas that, that aren't mega well known. Yeah, and they've they've leaned even more into that because they've actually launched a kind of spin-off um, program, uh, which they're calling the Diana Jones Emerging Designer Program. So this runs kind of alongside the main Diana Jones Award, uh, and it's the, I believe it's the first time this year that they've given it out. Um, and it is very much, as it sounds, it's aimed at, like, creators or designers um, who are up and coming. Like, you know, like, I think when Eric Lang was nominated for the Diana Jones, even though the Diana Jones itself is like a cult award. Eric Lang, a very familiar name, like, you know, real yeah. kind of superstar of the board game industry. So this is like a way of, again, just recognizing and acknowledging folks that don't already have that kind of like cachet within the hobby. Um, and all of this is to say that this year it went to Gion Shim, um, who we've covered a few times on the site, um, mm. kind of probably most familiar from Field Field Guide to Memory, I think is the name of the, the RPG. Yeah. Um, I'm just scanning through Chase's story uh, on the website. Yeah, I, I covered uh, that game yeah. when it was on Kickstarter. Yeah, the yeah. very interesting um, journaling game uh, where you're kind of following in the footsteps of this this person who was, who was kind of, yeah, literally collecting, uh, you know, like, information on living species um and you're kind of following in their footsteps so it did sound interesting yeah uh, so yeah um and like i think gion has kind of been at the like the forefront of the recent kind of like journaling um rpg mm. trend um we're saying that uh, she co-created feel good memory with xing yin core as well um but it was gion who won the diana jones um emerging designer program so yeah, it was just just wanted to point it out as like uh, kind of like a an interesting award that's kind of recognizing like, yeah. again, just up and coming talent, like kind of similar to like I was talking about D and D, right? Like as tabletop RPGs get bigger and bigger, that sometimes means that there's like almost like a separation of like, well, 
D&D connected stuff like is always going to be huge, but there are so many like interesting creators and games and systems and ideas in the hobby that so many people like just don't have the opportunity to discover or just sim simply don't know about like in order to discover them. Um, so yeah, like this is kind of a nice, or at least I think it's kind of a, a nice way of highlighting some of that work. So mm. yeah, uh, mm. I would recommend folks go and check out Field Guide to Memory because I think, yeah, like... Uh, I don't I know think, how easy it is to get at the moment. Yeah, it was on Kickstarter, right? But physical Kickstarter. There's a PDF version either coming or already available. Um, there was one available. I imagine that's probably going to be the easiest way to get it. But like the full physical one, I'm not 100% sure how. Hopefully with this, they might make it easier to they yeah. might produce some more copies because of, uh, you know, obviously getting some more uh, coverage, some more kind of recognition means that hopefully you'll get more people getting your stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there you go. I, I'll sorry, yeah. just like to very quickly add there is a news piece on the website today that went up today i just wanted to shout it out about a free larp that you can download based on among us and it's called among the sus and it's made by atlas um the co-founder of atlas actually and i just wanted to say you can literally download it for free it, it there's a it seems to be quite a lot of work has gone into it um it sounds really fun if you if you like Among Us and you like social reduction games. So, just wanted to to mention that you can read the the news story on the website right now. Nice, yeah, go check it out. Uh, we've got a few other things on the website as well, which I'll whiz through before we move on. Um, but Sophie Gravel, uh, who you probably don't know by name, but will know by influence, uh, like very influential board game veteran, headed up uh, Zedman Games um, a few years back. Uh, kind of oversaw the launch of the second edition of Pandemic, which is probably the one you played, and Pandemic Legacy. Founded Plan B Games, which published Century Spice Road and, more importantly, Azul. Um, previously, like back in 2002, founded Philosophia, um, which is like a major um, board game company, I believe, based out of Canada, which then bought Zedman. Basically, she she's a huge name kind of in the hobby space, but she is now back at Zedman. Uh, the maker of Pandemic and Carcassonne and uh, now Love Letter. Uh, she has rejoined as studio head after basically taking four years out. So she's come for full circle after going off, launching a very successful publisher again, uh, and is now back in the driving seat of Zedman. Um, mm. But it's just a very interesting thing because Zedman, we've discussed a few times over the past few months, is moving away from kind of like its classic games, just straight up announced that it's not doing its Euro Classics line anymore. Yeah. Um, and is focusing on Pandemic, Carcassonne, um, Love Letter, and I think Citadels, which is kind of a weird one, because uh, I don't necessarily feel it's on the same level as those other ones, but it'll be very interesting to see what uh, Sophie well, Gravel brings back to the studio as head of it. I hope they actually produce some new, entirely new games and don't just milk the same series over yeah, and over again. because they've announced that World of Warcraft uh, pandemic, which, hey, maybe World of Yay. Warcraft, not the best brand right now to yeah. uh, be adapting. But, um, yeah, like, we'll see. Like, I liked Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, so hopefully they, they at least do enjoy it. Yeah, and just saying, there are a lot of pandemic games out there at the moment. There are many. They're like, I want to see something new, but muddy, I guess. Yeah. Um, also in the news, there's a new James Bond board game, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> Because the only James Bond board game in recent memory was a deck builder that was just legendary deck builder, or legendary James Bond deck builder, whatever. Yeah. Legendary <laughs> does a load of deck builders, Marvel, yeah. Alien, 
Um, but yeah, it's called Spectre. It is you are the members of Spectre, which is the big, big evil organization led by Blofeld. Um, yeah, it's out next year, I believe, from Modifius. Uh, and it's basically you are the baddies and you are trying to be bad and get to the number one spot. Uh, yeah, which is kind of a fun premise for a game. Yeah, but... yeah cool. it just it kind of sounds like villainous, really. But it, well, it very much does. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I like villainous very much. Um, uh, I think it's actually a lot. I think it's pretty good considering. Um, so maybe it'd be good, but that front cover is just wooey. It's just Blofeld, yeah. Which is particularly Blofeld. odd because, like, Christoph Waltz. Uh, yeah. We were discussing this the other day, like with Chase as well. We, like Christoph Waltz is currently the the yeah, Blofeld on screen, yeah. um, which I believe the new James Bond film is like a continuation, right? So, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind universe. of an odd one to jump back to. Um, oh, gosh, I, I forget his name, unfortunately, yeah. the original Blofeld. But yeah, we'll, we'll see. They're clearly playing towards the nostalgic. Like, hey, remember from Russia with Love? Like, remember Rosa Klebb and her like knife-tipped shoes? You can do that. Yeah, I mean, uh, I do. There, I would say there are quite a few iconic villains in the series like if you watched enough of the film yeah so like i guess that's, stuff, that's yeah. kind of fun yeah well odd job is more of a he's a minion or a henchman, more of a hedge yeah, person yeah, than, than, a, so. than a villain but um no no it, it could be good yeah uh it's worth saying james james bond is in there but he's just kind of like he almost sounds like a fly that you just kind of bat away for a bit like he, <laughs> he travels around and blocks spot but, and, but he can't actually win or stop you so he's just more of like a bit of a pest you just to get, away. To deal with James Bond, all you have to do is just like put him on a boat towards a luxury resort. Like make all the booze on that resort like like free, basically. And then I don't know, make sure there are a lot of hot young singles on the resort. Mm. And then you've got it sorted. He's not gonna leave. Like yes. that's his ideal situation, right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's that's a bit of news. Also on the website, you, me, and spoke to uh, Griffin McElroy <gasps> and Jen Ellis and Keith Baker about the new Adventure Zone board game. You uh, didn't so invite me. <laughs> Weird. It I'm was an email to... interview. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry. You should go and check uh, that out. Um, Reed Conley has written about some replacements for classic board games. So if you're looking to swap out like Monopoly, Cluedo, and Scrabble. There's a whole list of some recommendations, uh, which mm. are very good. Uh, and there's, of course, like all the daily news uh, from me and Chase and me and many others, many other contributors. Uh, so go and check out the website. Let's move on uh, to this week's weekly segment, <gasps> well, weekly yeah. game, uh, which we don't have a name for. Does someone want to? Yes, we do. Do we? It's the board game thesaurus game. It's oh, the I board thought... game thesaurus game. There you go. That's okay. a jingle. Yeah, I loved it. It, it, it works. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've just written for Saurus game in caps, but I was like, "That's a bad name." But like, let's we're rolling over now. Um, the board game, the Saurus game, the Saurus game. Lolis, would you like to explain, uh, as the as the official singer of the the national anthem for the board game for Saurus game? National anthem. <laughs> we're in a nation now. Would you like to explain how this game is played? Yes, I mean, it's very much what it says on the tin. Essentially, what we've all done is we've chosen some games, we've put the names of those games through a thesaurus, and we will then tell each other some of these thesaurified game names, and it's up to the rest of the people to try and guess what the original name was. 
So we try. It's funny because I, I think I suggested this a few weeks ago during a meeting, and we tried at the time and it did not work. But we have full <laughs> confidence yeah. that it's going to work on the podcast. Yeah, no, it's going to be great. Yeah. This is Thesaurus Name Game Two. Uh, I don't know. Second Strike. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the Thesaurus thing. I I think I've made some and I think you'll get these and I think they'll work very well. I I also I have done a lot. I didn't know how many we were supposed to do, so I did oh, one, goodness. two, three, four, five, six. Whoa. Oh god, I've done six. three. Okay. <laughs> that was I've just done a bit more than three. But okay, how about then medium. I start, then it goes me and then it goes Matt. How about that? Okay, yeah, let's let's go over it and we'll we'll see how this goes. Okay. My first name is Full accelerated. Okay. Full accelerated. Full. F O A L. Full accelerated. Oh, full accelerated. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, okay. Accelerated. Horse. Horse speed. Horse racing. Horse speed. Horse, horse racing. Horse speed would have actually probably been a better version of. Of what I've thesaurified, yeah. Uh, is it Camelot? No. Is oh. Camelot in horses? Yeah, I don't know, but it's... It's a thesaurus! Oh, I'm not just willy-nilly those... making up words, Matt. Um... Uh, there's something that there's, there's a horse involved. Well, it's funny because I actually never knew what this word meant. And I didn't, and there's not really any horses in the game, so oh, I don't know why it's called that, but I like I kind of do. F O A L, right? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Pony land. Po- pony. Pony oh. power. No, <laughs> I don't know what these games no. are. <laughs> None of these games exist. Oh, what's the biking? What's the bike game that I now can't think it's of? It's wrong. Okay. No matter what. <laughs> how about, how about downfalls? No. Horsepower. You're right with the no. <laughs> no. I this I'll tell you, this is a really like you you know this game. This oh. is like a very mainstream Wait, Well actually so... I have a clue, a big clue. Okay. But I'm just gonna get it. wait a minute because Matt seems to think that he's Well I don't like so I was gonna say Col Express, but Express yes. doesn't really Express yeah. goes to accelerate. Oh, Accelerated, no, yeah. But Colt is like Colt was, yeah. it's a male horse apparently. Yeah. Oh, the foal is like a young horse. I know, but um yeah. I, I should have said horse express or horse um accelerated but horse express would be a good name for horse horse was <laughs> one of the things that came up. It just like foal oh, was God. one of the words that came up for some reason. I don't know. So that's foal you got accelerate. It. That's okay. a point to Matt. I'm gonna keep score. All right. Oh no. <laughs> I see that's yeah. Matt's looking confused. Right. I'm not no, I'm not sure about that, but you know. Okay. That's the well... thesaurus. Sort of, like take it, I'll take it out of a big thesaurus like Yeah. Oh. All right. uh, oh it's it's me, me and next. Oh oh we're doing them one okay, we're doing them one yeah. I wasn't sure yeah. what Melodies was doing. Okay. Uh your first one is called uh Plasma Fury. Plasma Fury. Blood Rage? Yep. Oh! <laughs> we were talking about it. <laughs> That's annoying. I don't think I would have gotten that one. Well done, Matt. Uh, oh, I'm next, right? Uh, yeah. Okay, so I've only got three, so we'll see how this goes. Okay. Deception Estate. 
I'm gonna. I'm so bad at this game. Yeah. I love my brain doesn't work well with these things. Deception es estate. You said. Deception estate. Yes. So I'm guessing like the estate is maybe based on maybe it's something lies house. <laughs> Lie house. Uh, try not to look at chat because I feel like they might give me the answer. Yeah, I feel like they're giving, oh, just they're giving away some answers. Um, deception estate, like a I don't I know. Deception yeah. is like a lie. Is, what else? What's, what's another word for deception? To treachery. Uh, um, I'm not betrayal? very good at words. Betrayal at House on the Hill. Mm, not quite. You're in the right ballpark, though. Betrayal, Betrayal Legacy. Betrayal Legacy, specifically, yeah. What? Oh, okay. Apparently, like an estate is a legacy, estate. Yeah. right? I've right. got you. Yeah. Betrayal I would, Legacy. Lolias, give yourself a half point because you basically got there with that. Nah. The, the only reason I didn't do Betrayal House on the Hill is I figured it would be so many words. You'd just be like, well, what other game has so many words in the title? Yeah, uh, on nah, the, that's me in point. You say that's on me. the, like, okay, I'm really not that bothered. All right, uh, lonely. Okay. I'm gonna go for one that I don't think is very good, but um that's why I'm gonna put it now so that we can get to the good ones later. Mishmash Mishmash. Wait, is this one word or two? Mm -hmm. One word. One word, okay. Mishmash is I suppose one word, yeah. Mishmash. Patchwork? <laughs> yes. Oh wow. Oh yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well Thank you. And also to me and yes. Thank you. All right. Me and you're up. Uh okay. You might this one might be a bit obvious, but <laughs> um uh, Buccaneers of the Hyperborean Surf. <laughs> what? I don't know Buccaneers half of the words. Of the Hyperborean Surf. <laughs> What's a Hyperborean? Hyperborean. I mean, it must be pirates of something, right? That's what like, I was thinking, yeah. But what pirates, pirates of, of the seven seas? Pirates at the high seas. Pirates of the high sea. Of the buccaneers. Is pirates correct? No, I'll oh, tell okay. you that much. Buccaneers, pirates maybe thieves. No. At the hype. Wait, the Hyperborean Surf. I'm thinking something about seas. Remember, Surf I put all these words separate, like. separately through Thesaurus. Yeah. So. Surf, wave. It's something of the something. I'll, t I'll tell yeah. you that Lolis is correct in the last word. Seas. Sura of the high seas. I don't know. What's... Hyperborean. Oh, I can't think of anything that's set in the... Like, what does Buccaneers go to other than pirates? Thieves of the... Thieves of the Seven Seas. <laughs> That's a great name for a board game, though. The chat have guessed it. Don't look at the chat. Oh, the chat have guessed okay. it. I've got my hand over it. Yeah. Um, focus on the first word. Focus on the first word. The first on the first word. Is I thieves can't correct? Think of anything other than pirates. No. Pirates isn't correct. No. Traitors. I actually don't know what a buccaneer is other than... <gasps> Wait, hold on. No, don't got it. <laughs> Buccaneers. Wait, rogues? Is it like rogue? 
Okay. Is it, yeah. is it Cowboys? No. Uh, I'll give you another clue. It's part of a trilogy of games. Oh, Raiders of the North Sea. There you go. I would never have got that. I, d I have not, not. I don't even know that game. What even is that? <laughs> right. Not I've got point. zero it's points at the moment. It's a fairly well-known game, like that. Like it's yeah. fairly popular. Like it's not yeah, like I've chosen like really obscure ones. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up, appendage space. Got legs. Arms race. Wait, what was no. that? Space. No, but that's pretty good. Yeah, space. Appendage space. Leg galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking galaxy as well. Yeah. Um, Head galaxy. Torso galaxy. Oh Arm what galaxy. Is this? I would say it's not space like outer space. Okay. Okay. Oh, blank. Head be? blank. See, I was worried this would be too blank. easy, but actually now that I read it out, I'm like, oh yeah, like without the context of knowing what the answer is, it probably is very hard. I think I just uh, saw the answer in chat. Did somebody just say it in chat? I don't know. Handbox. I, I won't say it because I think that might be the answer. Um, yeah, there is a correct answer in that. Okay, yeah, I think I saw it. I won't say it. Le appendage space. I would never mm. have got this. Give me more <laughs> clues, Matt. Help me. Uh, it's not humanoid. Not, it's not humanoid. It's not a humanoid appendage. Yeah. Oh. Oh. What? Yeah. Oh, no. I think that's not not acceptable. Pin a pincer. <laughs> a pincer. <laughs> oh, you should go to a pincer. <laughs> a fin. A fin. Fin box. <laughs> Give me okay. more, Matt. I need more. Um, we'll be here all day. Okay, the original board game was one word, but I separated it into two words. Yeah. What? It's naughty. Yeah, that's really naughty. That's really naughty, Matt Jarvis. No, it was. Uh, one word. So say it wasn't in the rules, but we never wrote down any rules. Non-human so. appendage, and then space, not outer space, hmm, space and it's one like word. A measurement. A measurement. Yeah. Oh my what? Wavelength? No. There's no appendage no. there. Yeah, I don't you're know. starting with the correct letter though. Getting. Starting with yeah, the correct you're, letter. You're, like strangely in the in the ballpark. Okay. It begins with W. People <laughs> are screaming this at me right now, I can tell. What games begin with W? What's the first one you can think of that starts with W that isn't wavelength? Brain's gone. My brain's gone dead. That involves yeah. a non-humanoid appendage. Hmm. Oh, it's I, tough. I, I don't think I would have ever gotten this. How about feathered stretch as a wingspan? Yeah. There you go. <laughs> okay. That was really tricky. That's naughty, Matt Jarvis. Uh, I'm I, <laughs> I'm not happy with that one. I don't think if I deserve the clue because I got so more. I, don't, okay. I deserve the point because I got so many clues. Um, so we, do we want to do a point for that one? I don't carry away. No, I'm not going to be your point for that. <laughs> okay. I would have given you at least half a point, but it's fine. Uh, Kobe Morris says Monopoly, wait. <laughs> <laughs> I am... Um, I'm going to give you... I think this is probably the easiest... Well, there's two easy ones. I'll give you this one first. It's one of the easier ones. 
Heptamad phenomenons. <laughs> Heptamad. Heptamad phenomenons. Sorry, I'm going to focus on phenomenal because I don't know what I have to met. Wait, hepta is five, right? No. No. Hepta. Oh, someone just spoiled it for me in the chat. Okay. Yeah, don't look at chat. I'm just going to yeah. move my tab off chat so I don't. Oh, no. Hepta mad phenomenons. Now looking at that, I'm like, okay, yeah. Prolific in oh. chat got it straight away, knew exactly what was happening. Because they knew what it is, number. Out, yeah, it is a number, there, yeah. but it's it is a number, yeah, yeah. I just got it wrong. Five is Penta, I forgot. Five yeah. is Penta. So Hector is six, Sept is seven. Is Hector eight? Um, phenomenons, phenomenons like all I can think of. Oh, eight wishes. Eight, no, that doesn't no. Free. <laughs> that famous game, what. <laughs> Eight we wishes. have a game called Free yeah. Wishes, but I don't know why I jumped up to eight. Um, <laughs> this is like a, again, I've only gone with like fairly mainstream games. Yeah, like yeah, I'm this not. is a game that we've all played. Oh no. We've all played this game several times. That makes it worse times. that I can't I feel like most it. people in the board game world have played this game. We've not played this together. No. Seven Wonders. Yeah. Did it. Mm -hmm. Like I was close to getting that in terms of like yeah. I got the right number. I was thinking on the right lines. But... That's good. Whoever got that quick. Yeah, well done. Chat, well done. For yeah. the quick, yeah, straight well away. All right. You, me, yeah, no, do one? guess. I just need to yeah. not look at the chat. Okay. Yeah, I've got more. Um, my next one is uh, annals of misconduct. I don't know. I'm so bad annals. at words. Books this of is yeah, my first language. Annals. Of misbehavior? I don't know. Annals of wait of misconduct. Mm -hmm. mm. I was gonna say mantras of madness, but I didn't. Diaries think of mischief. I play uh, that. Oh god. Annals. I think I did. I just see the answer. Does somebody say the answer in chat? You should close down chat. I know. I I usually have my hand over it, but I forgot, and then I just my eyes. Annals of of mischief. Man, did somebody naughty, say it in chat? Because I think I might have Naughty books. Um, yeah. That, yeah, okay. Oh, ah, yeah. I keep ruining it. Wait. No, look at chat. Just turn <laughs> so the tab So much pressure off. just on me. I know. Uh, annals. Wait, is that years? Nope. Is it records? You're on the right lines. Yeah. Records of... Okay, the mis I'll the mischief is a hard one. Like. Uh, it's a fairly recent-ish game. Um, that it's had several spin-offs. Mm. Um, I mean, it so, wait, is... it's recent, but it's had spin-offs. Yep, fairly recent. Oh. I said fairly recent. Okay, it's not villainous. Wouldn't make sense because I, I wouldn't call it a classic. Okay, so it's recent. It's had spin-offs. You wouldn't call it a classic, despite the it's, fact that it's, it's popular got... enough to have spin-offs. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, I'm trying to spell it out in my head. That's what I mean. Uh, it's, like... it's got spin-off. It had a spin-off that came out this year. It's got more oh, spin-offs coming, like a series of spin-offs. A series of spin-offs. Yeah. This, oh my god. Uh, okay, uh, this will really give it away. The spin-offs are set in different time periods. Oh, no. is it Chronicles of Crime? There you go. I don't think. I don't know if you should get a point for that. Cause... No. 
We're not looking at chat anymore. No. No more looking at chat. I mean, I don't... I, Matt, have you got any more clues? Yeah, I've got one more. Okay, I'll look away from chat. Uh, all right. Computerized ruffian. Computerized ruffian. Robot. This is a game we've all played. A game we've all played. Computerized ruffian. Mm. What's a ruffian? That's I the question, I, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> What's another word for ruffian? <laughs> AI rascal. Oh, God. We've all played... Have we yeah. played this together? I've played it with both of you. You have not played it with each other. Okay, so I've played it with both of you. Computerized ruffian. Mm. What have I played? I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Screen Bandit. Screen Bandit, no, but that's a good name for a. I feel <laughs> like that's a good name for a uh, board game. Uh, does robots have anything to do with it, Matt Jarvis? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Robot Wars. We never played Robot Wars. <laughs> robot <laughs> I'd love Ro to play that. Okay, so robots have something to do with it. Robot Rascals. No. <laughs> No, I'm trying to think what games I've played with Matt Jarvis that have robots to do with it. Yeah, me too. I don't know. We, we need with... more, Matt. We need it's, more. Give us more. It's an RPG. <gasps> These are the feelings! What? <laughs> it's cyberpunk. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, it's me next. Okay. Um, yeah, you got a yes, point for that. Yeah, sorry. Yes, you do. Um, okay. Next one from me. This is super easy. Okay. The gang. The okay. crew. Oh, yes, the crew. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> yeah. I've got I've got two more thing and they're quite hard. Three no, two more and they're quite hard. So Yeah, I'm not gonna do this one because I think it's no one's gonna get it. Right. I might try it with Matt Jarvis later. I don't think Lily's will get it because I don't think you've heard of this one that one. So I'll do these ones instead. The next one is Contemporary Craft. Modern art. Modern art. Damn, I was about to say it. No. <laughs> that was my only like chance. That, <laughs> that was my only chance. Okay. Lolies, hit us. Okay. Um, right. <laughs> Marathon toward the star system. What? Marathon. Uh, right for the galaxy. Yeah. It was Marathon toward the star system. Ah, uh, okay. Right mm -hmm. the galaxy, yeah. Uh, okay, um, my next one is Absent Metropolises. Lost Cities. Yeah, God! On a roll! On a roll, Ian! Look at that! How many more have you each got? I've got one I'm, more. Yeah, Lodi's got one more and I've got, I've got another one which might be really difficult. Okay, let's, okay. let's go through them and then we'll maybe do like a question or two. Okay, next one is... <laughs> Lolis, I absolutely love the fact that every time you're like, the next one is <laughs> no, like snigger, just snickering yeah. to yourself. Yeah. Well, this one is ridiculous. It's really, really <laughs> stupid. Miracle Heroes, the cardboard recreation. Marvel Champions, the card game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you would snicker that. too if that was yours. <laughs> um, okay, here's my last one. This might either be really obvious or like not at all, but 
uh, despots of the bottom gloomy. What? <laughs> I will say the last word has has Tyrants been. of the underdark. There you go. Matt Jarvis got oh, the god. Of the right. Okay. Okay. So the the final score on that was uh, Matt on eight, yeah, Mia Matt on Jarvis five, and me on zero. <laughs> Oh, oh, in fairness, like Lolis, you had more than anyone else, so we had more chances to score. Yeah, it's you. true. It's true. Yeah. But also, I think Mia and I had the same amount, so I also had equal opportunity. I think <laughs> Matt Jarvis just absolutely killing that. Yeah, what, what a legend! What a legend! Yes, that's the. This is, this is your game. This is your game, Matt Jarvis. Yeah. And yeah, I couldn't get the crew quick enough because I was just like, uh, the gang. Uh, <laughs> all right. And you can tell everybody <laughs> that this is your game. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's the Thesaurus game. This is my game. <laughs> Thank you uh, to Elton John. Yeah. Uh, Cheers. Uh, Biggie. Cheers, um, Elton. Uh, all right, let's take a couple of quick emails from the audience. If you've Email! got a question, if you're watching live, hey, drop it in the chat. Like maybe hey. we probably won't have time to answer it this week, but we'll answer it. Hey. in a future week or you can email us at podcast at dicebreaker.com or drop us a tweet at join dicebreaker go it. ahead just Let's do know. it it doesn't need to be about you more if you want you can ask us anything you cowards <laughs> email ask Let's us for advice <laughs> you cowards we're right here ready to help you what are you afraid of advice uh anyway <laughs> um lolis would you like to read this one from jacob please oh would i ever <clears throat> Uh, since summer is coming to an end soon, this might be too late, but do you plan on doing any garden games like cub, lawn, darts, ladder golf, etc.? I don't know what any of that is. Oh, cub is a fantastic, um, is it, it's a Scandinavian wooden game, which involves you, uh, there's like these, so you play on two teams and there's a king in the middle and you've got sticks on your side and sticks on their side and then you have a wooden stick which you throw and you're trying to knock down their wooden sticks and then eventually knock down the king. And it's very good. And um, it's a really nice like outdoorsy, like having a picnic, we're going to play some cub kind of game. And um, yeah, well, the way I, the weather's going at the moment, I don't see myself playing many lawn games. Yeah, yeah, I didn't have a garden, but I do. Um, we did a few weeks ago. I think I spoke about this on the podcast. We uh, we saw some friends at a distance and played croconole, which we set oh. up on top of a like oh, a wooden yeah. crate that we have. Um, and it's not technically a garden game, but I think it works just fine outside as long as it's not raining. But I haven't played. I pulled this mainly because like garden games aren't something that I think about a lot of the time. No. So if you do have recommendations for them, I'd love to hear them. Yeah, I do. Cub, I would love to to play Cub more because I think the idea of them sounds very fun as an excuse to just sit out, like just go outside, have like a drink, and then mess about with, yeah, like a big wooden stick or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Would you, I mean, I played bowls. I played bowls a little bit, but I guess that's the closest thing to a yeah. game. But yeah, we'd like to play more. Um, yeah, maybe send your recommendations. Maybe next yeah. year we can do a big summer blowout. Big summer blowout mm. with uh, lawn games. Yeah, we yeah. should have like a summer party that we stream or something. I don't know. Mm. Or make yeah. a, make a vod or vlog or whatever you call them. I don't know. Yeah, it's not That's like a I work in video or something. <laughs> 
But yeah, I would like to play more lawn games. I feel like I just always end up playing like other other board games, but outside. It's like, yeah. oh, I'll play Hive, like, but it's it's not quite the same. But yeah, any recommendations? Stick them in the chat or email us. Uh, me and would you like to Hello. read this one from Amnestus, please? Uh, yes, I can do that. Uh, Amnestus says, uh, once again, much love to all of you. Congratulations on pronouncing my name correctly. <laughs> they they did provide a very helpful little. No, I added that because we previously had them email in. Oh, um, on the past podcast. I thought they put that in. <laughs> Uh, as fans of the Warhammer properties, uh, brackets praise the Emperor, Matt and Wills, what are your feelings about these new policies that Games Net Workshop has uh, put out pretty much indicating zero tolerance for fan creations using their setting or law? I think everyone understands that they are mostly legally within their right, but what about the ethics of this and the fan anger? Is it justified? How do you see this affecting the future of Warhammer? Well, Games Workshop aren't in the best of places yeah the PR at the moment as it is I also I should say I pulled this one when uh, Wills was on this podcast but Wills is very busy yeah. editing something so I left it in and forgot but thank you for your question <laughs> uh, I'll, like we can all chip in anyway but I think um generally like Games Workshop it's fine they they seem to claw back some respect um because they were kind of in the bad books for a long time as a company um particularly among the community and then they seem to like get back on top of it for a while and now Ooh. it's just yeah I don't like yes i'm sure legally they're well within their right to stop people using their stuff but the idea of i think the the particular passage that's being referred to is something like even if you create fan art of a character like games workshop that's like owns it or has and that i think is just like so deeply like wrong and kind of like anti anti like creativity anti kind of like yeah just as long if people aren't using your direct art and your like trademarks and copyrights like just let people enjoy the stuff they enjoy like they're engaging with your like products your creations like but they are making that their own like i just feel like it's such a an abhorrent thing to do to try and claim ownership over other people's creations other people's yep. artwork even if they are inspired by your own work there is a very different kind of line between like another board game publisher putting out something that is, you know, Warhammer in all but name. And like that happens plenty anyway. But I feel like that's very different to fans who are enjoying something, who are engaging with it, often on like a personal level or an emotional level. And trying to shut down that is just like the worst kind of capitalism. Like you can't have this emotional connection to something because we're going to either take it from you for money or just stop you doing it under threat of whatever it may be. Yeah, I just mm. think it's it's a really bad move. But hey, Games Workshop um, allegedly uh, not not great uh, across the board. Uh, let's say in terms of how they treat uh, people Anyone. who make their games, both internally and externally. Allegedly, really? yeah, um, the, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're they're not not treating their employees great and not treating their fans very well. I mean, this kind of stuff happens like everywhere. Like, mm. the, obviously, I don't have much experience with with Warhammer and Games Workshop stuff because I'm not really someone who engages with that sort of thing myself. Uh, but the idea of them taking fan art and like fan created stuff uh, and, and kind of legally claiming it or stopping people from creating it, that's basically like, you're basically ruining your own fan base in terms of 
what people do this when they care about what you you make like this is a sign of people loving your world and loving the characters in it and what you're doing is essentially you're you're chopping it off at the root yeah like it's... what what could grow into something wonderful uh for for what for for mon what monetary game are you gain are you getting out of it yeah. like what are you actually getting out of doing what are you losing like honestly that it's whenever companies do this it's baffling to me that it's the same thing with like fan fiction or whatever like if people people are writing fan fiction about your property like it shows that they love what you're doing they want more of it but they're just you know adding their own sort of twists and spin to things um it really is no it's not like they're taking your ideas and selling them yeah <laughs> like it, there is really no point to it i think Lonies? that is oh. agree oh, sorry yeah yeah, I think it's it's like so many things, right? It's like if it's not actively harmful to others, so like it's not like people are producing harmful content with this stuff. In in fact, it's you know it's beneficial to others. It just lets them enjoy. It. It's not detracting from Games Workshop's bottom line in any way. Like yeah. they're not going to lose like thousands of dollars in profits or something like that. Like that's what's so bad. Is is it's just pure like malicious capitalism of like. It's like Nintendo. Itself. It's like yeah. Nintendo sticking. You know. Um going after all those youtube creators mm. for making videos about their games like what are you gaining from this like you're literally silencing your own community it's just so baffling why certain companies will just do this and they won't realize that they're actually ha having a negative effect on their own their own like uh, success <laughs> it's just yeah. so odd anyway all right, all right. uh First of all, hello to Jonathan Stewart, who just joined us as another Dicebreaker Plus member. Welcome. Um, let's very quickly finish off with this one from Baron Breakfast, because um, we're running a little long, but it popped up in the chat. Uh, my gaming group have just started playing Pandemic Legacy Season 1 again after pausing for the real pandemic. That's fair enough. Uh, what legacy game would you recommend we play next? Betrayal Legacy. Gloomhaven. What a legacy game. <laughs> it's kind uh, of like a legacy game. It's kind of like a legacy game, yeah. Hey, I would recommend if you enjoy Pandemic Legacy Season 1, play Pandemic Legacy Season 2 and then Zero, because I think they are all good in their own ways. But I also like Gloomhaven and Betrayal of Legacy. So Yeah, Betrayal Legacy improves on the original game and it's a legacy game. So Yeah. Well, there you go. Do it. Yeah, and Gloomhaven <laughs> is just, yeah, Gloomhaven. Do it. Gloomhaven keep busy for a very long time, but it's also very good. So. Mm. All right, I think that is all the time and all the questions we have for this week. Thank you again for your questions. Thank you for joining us in the chat. Thank you, Alex Lowley's, for being here. Thank you for having me. And, of course, your theme tune for the Board Game for Saurus game. Mm. Uh, thank you, Alex Meehan, for being here. Down with capitalism! Uh, yeah. Uh, I've been Matt Jarvis. Thank you for listening. If you've been listening. We'll be back next Friday live from 2 p.m. BST. You can also catch this on places like iTunes and Spotify if you're not subscribed already. Find us on dicebreaker.com, youtube.com slash dicebreaker. But until we return next Friday with another Dicebreaker podcast, thank you for listening. Stay safe out there and have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Bye.